1: Terms and conditions apply.
2: More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
3: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael.
2: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics.
2: This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on v Wednesday edition of a numbers game here on DraftKings Network and VEASAN. Matt Brown in for the vacationing. Gil Alexander getting some well-deserved rest and relaxation. He'll be back here in a couple of weeks. Kelly Bidlin on the desk with me. We are proudly presented by DraftKings Sportsbook and we'll have a good show with you. Will Hill come in, talk about all things in the sports world. Mike Pritchard, former NFL first rounder, will be with us. We'll get his Thoughts on how the Super Bowl went down and then look a little bit forward into what he thinks might happen in 2024 with those teams and teams beyond that. Talk a little golf today as well. We are now into official golf season. Whenever in, When the NFL ends, it's golf season around here. So, golf season has officially begun, Kelly. Of course, long shots out this morning. Wherever you get your podcast, if you want to go in and see all of our thoughts. But we'll cram as many as we can
4: into a segment. We'll what other ca- sports does that apply to? Golf? College basketball, NBA, NHL—did they all just start like two yeah, days ago? Basically, basically, yeah, basically. That,
2: we, we we talked to Kyle yesterday, and yesterday we were like, okay, basically, college basketball started today. Like, for for most people out there, people have not watched one second of college basketball. They will now. It'll be the only thing on television,
4: so they'll pay attention to it.
2: Give us where we sit
4: right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's always it's always tough when I get the when I when I get the conversation of the the guy who's just jumping into the NBA, and it's like you'll get the question. And I'll be like, well, yeah, but their net rating over these last two and a half weeks. And you're like, oh wait, this guy, this guy just started watching. He doesn't yeah. care about. Like, <laughs> who's this Wimbayaki guy?
2: <laughs> you know, like no Wimbyami. No Wimbayaki, I what I saw. I saw. He's, yeah, he's, he's he's the future. He's, he's doing well. He's yeah, he's, doing well. He's, he's he's the future. Uh, so one thing we have to get immediately to. So I woke up to this. I don't know if you went to bed to this or woke up to this news. I I went to I, I woke up to this news and I was up fairly fairly late for a fellow who had a. 4:45 a.m. alarm set. We'll talk about that at a at another time. I'm an early riser as it is anyway. Like my alarm goes off at six, I pop out of bed. That. That hour,
4: fifteen minutes. Yeah, it makes a difference, doesn't it, buddy? Yeah, it's different. Like,
2: <laughs> it does, it's just yes. something different. That hour, fifteen minutes might as well be six hours. Like it's 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 unbelievable. Like it's just the six a.m. alarm. I pop right out of bed. Four forty-five. I'm kind of like, No way that thing's going off already. It's impossible. I
4: did the whole uh, wake up. Wake up about twenty minutes before my alarm went off. This which morning.
2: always which always makes you feel like you got robbed of like two hours as opposed to the twenty minutes. Exactly that. Yeah. Yes, exactly yeah. that. It's yeah. the it's the it's the whole thing of like body. Why did you do that? Like yeah, now you I'm never going to be, be able to function. Yeah. I'm never going <laughs> to be able to function today because you just robbed me that 20 minutes. So I wake up to a story that is all over the interwebs, all over plastered everywhere that apparently Kelly Bidlin, if we are to believe every word that is written in this story The Warriors made a run at LeBron James at the trade deadline, and apparently, if you read into the story well before the trade deadline, this apparently was like a week and a half leading into the trade deadline of trying to get something done to bring, yes, the GOAT, in my personal opinion, don't argue me, don't tweet at me, LeBron James to the Warriors here at the trade deadline for them to make a push into you know, what is, let's be for real a fading dynasty. These guys are all getting older. There might be a couple years left. Clay is probably gone in the offseason as it is anyway, so this is one of those deals where they're like, all right, let's give it one last go, one last run. Let's see if we can pull this off. You read the article. You start to realize how many people were involved. There's this GM and this assistant GM and this agent and this player is now making calls and this player is making texts and things are going on left and right. I have to believe Because it did get posted and there's multiple sources in this, Kelly, that that this is real and this did happen. But at the same time, how in the world, in today's age... Were that many people involved, and we did not hear about this leading into the trade deadline, like, this must have been the shroud of secrecy like no other. Like, you had to go in, and in order to do this, you had to give them, you know, a sample of your blood, a list of your fears, and all this, if you wanted to talk about this, because I, I cannot believe something of this magnitude, with as many people that were supposedly as involved as yeah. mentioned in this story, did not somehow make it to the media.
4: Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I think my, my biggest... You know, the biggest shock to me of all of this was it's along those lines because it's I I mean, I think the Warriors probably wanted to keep this really, really, really quiet because if they didn't pull it off, what would be the backlash uh, internally with their team is probably the big point is probably the big point here. And I mean, you're talking about like this, if this was being talked about for a week and a half, two weeks I mean, all we've talked about with the Warriors recently is how much better they've played, and it's been yeah. and it's been spurred along by I mean Draymond Green coming back, but Brandon Pajemski and what he's done, and what Kaminga's done out there, and how great they'd be, and you kind of have to assume that one of those guys, if not both of them, would be involved. In a trade to get someone of LeBron's caliber, along with a salary dump, and I'd hate to call it a salary dump, but, you know, Clay Thompson or Chris Paul, like, it would likely be one of those two. And, like, we have in this ESPN story that is, I mean, Draymond was involved, so you know he's not going. It makes the list very easy to get to of, okay, what guys could have potentially be traded. And now I think if you're some of these Warriors players, you're waking up today and being like... Man, we've been playing some really great ball. Cool to find out I almost just got traded and this whole team almost got
2: blown up. If you are kind of parachuting in into the NBA and you're wondering, currently the Lakers are sitting in the ninth spot in the West, the Warriors sitting in the 10th spot in the West. So both teams kind of clawing, hanging on there. You do see a separation, though, from both of those teams to, to kind of where the Jazz sit right now. But, Kelly, neither one of them are... In air quotes, safe. Yeah. You know, they they could fall out of the top ten if they went on a on a bad run. And so with that, the Warriors seemed like, hey, look, Steph's still playing at a high level, but let's be for real, he's not the Steph of old. Draymond, we've got maybe a year or two left out of him playing at some sort of level. We we get spurts with Clay here and there, you know. And so they go, listen, we bring in LeBron James who. At 39 years of age, is still playing like an MVP. He's still playing ridiculously high level, something we've never seen before in the history of the NBA. Nobody has been this old playing at this level mm-hmm. before. It's just never happened. And so, like, you know what? Who cares if we're only renting him for the rest of the season? This could get us to the playoffs and maybe at least make us a viable contender to to make one last championship run here. So, I don't blame the Warriors for, for kind of making the play here, but you also get a... You know, you also get now, like you said, the, the fallout of this somehow making it somehow staying secret all the way up until way after the trade deadline. Now it makes its way out to the fallout of what may or may not be happening in the Warriors locker room right, right now where people are looking around going. And if you're Clay Thompson, you you know, it's you.
4: Yeah. I, I mean, Clay, and Chris Paul probably are not going to care as much. Yeah, but you know, it's the younger guys that yeah. you you finally have started to see something out of that that I would be worried about getting affected The low-key funniest part of the story, though, is Daryl Morey and the 76ers. Like Daryl Morey apparently just treats the NBA like like it's NBA 2K, where he's just firing off trade offers to everybody. Because apparently, well, he also went, he also he also called up the Lakers and then called the Suns about called the Suns like, about all big three, all of them. All all of all of them. them. They asked, he, he first asked about Durant,
2: and they're like, yeah, no, that's not happening. And he's like, well, then what about Booker? <laughs> you know, he's just, he's just, he's just, he's just he like, just
4: what right is like, this a fantasy? Yeah, league? Yeah,
2: Come yeah. on, man. He's like, he's like, no, Durant. Okay, well, what about Booker? You ready to get rid of him? I'm like, well, no, that's not what we did here we, like,
4: no, you're going in the opposite direction yeah, too like yeah. come
2: on that's <laughs> like, no, not what we did here we tried to you know we tried to build a diner dynam- we're trying to build a you know a winner here So we're not going to get rid of any of these guys so anyway we are sitting currently ninth and tenth in the west the warriors try to make a push for lebron jays i got to thinking about this kelly as i read this and now this is all off the top of my head again i woke up to this story this would have been and i'm not going to say the most impactful because it could have been just a rental for a couple of months or
4: something. But yeah, given, that's worth explaining, though, real quick. LeBron's basically playing year-to-year, year-to-year. contract-wise yes. right now. He so has player
2: options every single yeah. year. So he has player options every single year. He keeps opting out of them and then re-signing for more money. Right. And he re-opts out and re-signs for more money, re-opts out re-signs for more money, which is what he'll end up doing if he ends up playing, deciding to play next year as well. He's owed $51.5 million next year. He will opt out, and they'll probably give him 53 or 54 or 55 because he's LeBron James. But you, you look at this, and, and given the player that is involved in what we – know as the likely return, which it would have been, like I said, either Clay Thompson or Chris Paul, and then, you know, this would have been the biggest trade in the history of the NBA, just given who was involved. I understand it's a rental, and I'm not saying the most impactful trade long-term or anything. Right,
4: yeah. But,
2: like, you're talking about it, as far as name value, it's Michael Jordan, and it's LeBron James. Like, I mean, it is. It was. Well, it's Steph Curry not too far behind. Obviously, he yeah. would be traded this, but he's part of the story, yeah. at least. Yeah, it would have been the biggest trade in the history of the NBA because LeBron James moving over to a team that was already a dynasty and looked at as a dynasty in the Warriors at this point in his career, getting flipped for, again, like we said, be it Paul, be it. Be it Clay Thompson, because again, Clay Thompson, by the way, free agent in the offseason, mm-hmm. may or may not come back. So they could have gotten rid of him, lots of salary, all that. That's the reason why we're we're gravitating towards him, maybe being involved in this deal. And so I I again I I'd love your opinion on it being an NBA guy, but I I couldn't think of something that in that has happened in the past that would trump this as far as like trades go in the NBA it's it's LeBron James like it would have been LeBron James moving from the Lakers to the Warriors to team up with Steph Curry to make one last run at a championship I think it would have gone down as the biggest trade of all time even if it was only for LeBron staying there for a few months
4: yeah I, I'm just try, I'm pulling I'm pulling up some articles right now to try to think if there's a trade I'm not thinking of no it would have been by far the biggest yeah I pulled up one story of the biggest NBA trades of the past three decades, and Anthony Davis to the Lakers is number one. Right. So uh, automatically, yeah. that trumps that one yeah. very, easily. Easily. Yes. Yes. very easily. Very
2: easily. Very easily. <laughs> when it comes to
4: to so, I mean, you, you sit there and
2: like this is no again no disrespect to people of, of, of yesteryear, but we're talking pairing up LeBron James and Steph Curry to make this this run in as both of them are on the you know downside of of their careers, kind of sunsetting here. With all of this, I couldn't believe I woke up to the story. Then I couldn't believe how this didn't make it into the public light somehow. Yeah, with yeah, as many that people really that are is, is involved. involved, you you read through the articles like this person talked to this person and talked to this person and talked to this person and swung back around with whatever. And then like, and then Draymond decides he
4: wants to get involved. What? Like, yeah, how why is why is Draymond Draymond has to sign off on things still? Like, that's what's going on with the war. Like, I am uh-huh. so confused how that organization is run. It's it's, it's right. uh-huh. one day it's it's knock out your teammate and and suspend you and he's got to get better. And the next day, hey, Draymond, is this trade cool with you if we do this?
2: it's, It's absolutely, absolutely wild. We only got to one story here, but it's a massive, massive story. We'll circle back around some big news coming out from the Bears as well. And then we got some NFL lines that are coming up. We're going to talk about those all show long. It's a number game here on a Wednesday.
0: A numbers game on v the sports
2: betting
3: network.
2: Hey, you've got the internet. Go to your browser of choice. Type in vsin.com, V-S-I-N.com. Check out the new look over there. We got better navigation as well. If you're on your cell phone, you can go to your browser on the cell phone as well. You get a mobile first focus, so it's going to look very, very good and function very, very well on your phone. And then also, if you are kind of new to this whole betting thing, if you're swooping in, we got some educational content that we really, really beefed up over there on the site as well. Long time coming here for VEASAN to get a facelift, so head on over to VEASAN.com, check out the new look over there. It is a numbers game here on a Wednesday. Matt Brown in for Gil Alexander Kelly Bidlin on the desk with me. Just talked a little bit about LeBron James potentially going to the Warriors at the trade deadline. Apparently, LeBron said no thanks, and now every single talk show on the face of the planet is talking about it. It is going through my Twitter feed. Shouldn't he have done it? Shouldn't that he have wanted for two days right yeah, there? Shouldn't yeah. he have <laughs> wanted to pair up with Steph <laughs> and Bo and also yes, you can just argue this. They're going to be arguing this until they're blue in the face for the next. Yeah, I mean, it might, it might extend through the whole rest of the week actually.
4: I, I I mean, to to be fair, LeBron puts himself in these situations right with. I mean, with comments that he makes and tweets of hourglasses and stuff like that. And I mean, every time I've always tried to, I've always read into that, Matt, it's it's always been pretty simple to me because I always go back to last year. I think that was a perfect example. It's, hey, this team's not good enough. I'm getting old. I want to win. Go out and get me better teammates. And, you know, okay, that didn't really happen this time around. It did last year, though, worked out fairly well for him getting all the way to a Western Conference finals. So that was the way I always read into this. But man, the the actual LeBron being on the trading block stuff was Turns out to be more of a reality than we all thought a week and a half yeah.
2: ago or whatever when we were first hearing about it. And again, we, we we focus on the betting angle and stuff, so we're, we're not going to debate whether he should have gone or shouldn't have gone or anything, anything like that. I mean, that's for your all your morning talk shows that are going right now. And But, but I, I, I will say this. From a betting aspect, it would have made the Warriors really, really interesting. I'll just put it that way. It would have made them very, very interesting to me. Because okay, LeBron on, still,
4: now we, we got to talk about that for a because second.
2: Because LeBron still produces at such an incredibly high level, Steph is still just a massive, massive threat from the three-point yeah. line. Like, it, there's just, it
4: would have it made the Warriors interesting. Okay, Warriors currently 22-1 to 1 to win the West. LeBron goes there 12-10. I they, think they're probably, okay, so are they still behind, they're still behind the Nuggets, the Clippers. Yeah. Is that it? That's probably it, though. So, right now, it's it's Nuggets, Clippers, Suns plus seven fifty, Timberwolves plus eight hundred, Thunder plus nine hundred, Mavericks fourteen. So then they probably won.
2: are right on the level with the Suns, with Mike. They'd, all, they'd probably be like co thirds.
4: I think so too. The only reason the only reason I put up maybe them ahead of them is because of I mean, who knows what's going on with Bradley Beal yeah. now again after yeah. leaving that game last night with a hamstring injury. So it's like, yeah, you're probably talking about that range. I don't think it wouldn't be what I'd be rushing to bet, but like, you know, everybody in the world would be.
2: It would be wild. It would be wild for sure. So this story we wanted to get to in the top, obviously LeBron possibly getting traded, Trump's everything, but it transitions to where we wanted to go with this segment anyway, is that sources tell Ian Rappaport that Chicago would need, this is air quote, historic haul of draft picks and overall compensation to trade the first pick of the draft. Now, I think that gets put out there just strictly because they know for sure they want to keep the pick. Like, they're 95% sure that they want to keep the pick and take Caleb Williams and trade Justin Fields. However, you put that out there to see if there is any team that wants to give you a historic haul in compensation for the pick, like that's why you throw that out there, so that someone might goes, you know what, I fall, I have fallen in love with Caleb Williams. I'm going to give the Bears a historic haul of comp- picks and compensation for that number one overall pick, and so that's why they threw it out there. And you know, listen, I don't think it's going to happen, Kelly. I think it is. You're Even if you think all things are considered, all things are equal between Caleb Williams and Justin Fields. So, you are the Bears. and Me and you are sitting here. We're across the table from each other, and we're just discussing the two guys. And we really like the progress that Fields made over the last couple of years. But the upside that could potentially come from Caleb Williams. So, with all that, we've seen it with our own eyes. Potential, we just put them dead even. Then that yeah. put Caleb. Wait, Williams-
4: well, and real quick, is that how you would characterize him? Because that is pro- that is probably how I would characterize him. Well, there's it,
2: always like the element of the unknown right. with the new guy. So, right? yeah,
4: I mean, add that on to the pros for Caleb yeah. Williams. Yeah, like there's but all- I'm still a believer in Justin Fields.
2: Yes, yes. And so I think – so let's just say all things created equal, then that then Williams trumps Fields because you get to start over on exactly. the rookie deal right? again. Exactly. Like, so so the decision then is made for you. I don't think they're going to put Fields significantly ahead of Williams by any stretch because, again, it, it did take Fields several years to get here mm-hmm. to where he's at right now as to where Caleb Williams could come in and look like C.J. Stroud for all we know. Now, we don't th- – that's the thing about all this. You, you kind of almost have to take the gamble because if you hit – yeah then you have put yourself in such an incredible spot because you have now reset that whole deal where you've got the, you know, you're going to get the three cheap years. That's the other, that's the other thing about all this, right? If you don't know how NFL contracts work, you can't even re- renegotiate with someone until they've been in the league for three years. So, you get the three years without even having to worry about what you're going to pay Caleb Williams after this, right? Like, there are some guys that get that extension in the fourth year. Of course, we talk about the Burrows and Herberts and stuff like that, where you don't have to worry about getting to the, like, you know, oh, man, is, is, is a guy going to leave or not? But. The first three years. So you, again you reset that clock with Caleb Williams. Three years, you're not worried about anything at the quarterback right. position as far as money goes. You know exactly what it's going to be. You don't have to worry about re-up and renegotiating. Just so gotta
4: focus on developing yes, him like exa- you did. Yeah. You know, you were trying to do it just. More
2: field. weapons around him, all the different things like that, right? And so and that's the thing. This draft is set up perfectly for them to where with the pick that they have at nine as well, one of the receivers is gonna be there too. So you can get you can get Caleb Williams. You've already got more in town and now you can get that wide receiver two for him as well. Keon Coleman. And it works out just (laughs) works out absolutely perfect for, for them there. So again, for me, I think this is just a, let's dangle the carrot and see if anyone is willing to just, I don't know, mortgage their entire franchise, you know, for the next five years to, to get Caleb Williams. And then, then at that point, we'll, We'll reassess. Sure, where yeah. we're at, but um, but yeah, I I don't think I don't think they're gonna get it. I think it's Caleb Williams, and I think Justin Fields moves, which brings us to a market that's actually up right now, which is Justin Fields' next team, next team odds over there over on DraftKings, and you see the Steelers sitting at minus one twenty-five, the Bears are at two to one, Falcons at six to one, Patriots at six and a half to one. Broncos 12, Commanders 12, Raiders 12. So what you get here is all the incredibly quarterback needy teams. Then you get into the teams that might have a quarterback solution for a short term, but need it for a long term. So Seahawks 25 to 1, Bucks 35 to 1, Vikings 35 to 1. So Kelly, you look at this and I, the Steelers come out as the favorite because now we get this that we you know the the leak starts coming out Tomlin really likes Justin Fields. He thinks that Justin Fields can get it done. They release Trubisky. They say that, that quarterback position is wide open for them in the uh, in the offseason that they are looking for competition at the quarterback position. The Bears obviously going to be up there because he's, you know, already on the Bears. He would have to leave yeah. if it's not going to be the Bears. And then you get the Falcons and the Patriots I don't know why the Patriots are short as they are because the Patriots don't need to trade for a quarterback sitting with the number three pick because they can take a quarterback in the draft. So Mm -hmm. I don't know why you would give up a ton of compensation and future capital and all of that to move up a couple of, you know, to, to, to take Justin Fields when you can just again restart, like what do people think the difference between Justin Fields and, and Jaden Daniels is right now? Right, I mean, sure, like, you know, yeah, like you, exactly. you can just take Jaden Daniels and again, so just, I, I don't know why the the Patriots are as short as they are, but.
4: The Falcons. I even think the next two are even a couple.
2: Of, like the Falcons are my dream team for this to to, to manifest. Obviously, you know, sitting at the six to six to one super quarterback needy. But you get the Commanders. I don't get them at twelve to one because sure. the Commanders are just going to yeah. take Drake May. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. they're just going to take Drake May with the second pick. So and, that and doesn't the, make any and sense.
4: And the Broncos, it's impossible to do anything with. And, to, and we're going to talk about him yeah. next. But Russell Wilson, right? Yeah. You don't know what's going on with Russell Wilson yet. Yeah. So for me, it's kind of a two way bet here. Because I truly believe that the
2: Bears are going to move on, so I think it's Steelers or Falcons, and those are the only two that make a ton of sense to me. Yeah, because okay, I again I don't think that there is, in fact, you know, a, a scenario in which one of these other teams. Why would the Why would the Patriots make a trade? For a quarterback, when you can just get one with your draft pick that you have right, right. now, Yeah, I, I, I
4: think it's easy to cross them off the list. I, I the, I mean the other the only other one on there I thought was slightly interesting was the Raiders at that long odds twelve to one. Like we've we've heard them linked to some of these uh, some of these quarterbacks. I don't know why you wouldn't be interested in Justin Fields. I mean, if all the quarterbacks uh, that that are you know that are kind of out there, and we're going to talk about a couple yeah. of them more here too, but like I, I, that would I would still feel like Justin Fields because of this is. Chicago's in its own its own situation, right? For these other teams, you still have the ability to go out and get a young quarterback yeah. that you think is on is on the rise. Yeah. Like he would be a very valuable a very valuable trade. Yeah, person. and
2: that's the thing is like the 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 reason the Patriots don't make any sense because they're they're sitting in a spot to get one of those. The Falcons, the reason the Falcons make sense and mm-hmm. the Steelers make sense. The Steelers are way down; they can't come close to to getting you know one of the top three quarterbacks with they, without having to give up a ton. And then you look at the at the Falcons sitting at the, with that eighth pick; they, they, they can't. So it's just to me, it's 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 those guys and, and those guys only. But who knows? Maybe the Seahawks or the Bucks or the Fire are willing to. Who
4: know? I, You know, you,
2: you tell me, Kelly. I mean, you know. We'll talk
4: about some of the other quarterbacks after Will. But, like, I mean, should the Steelers, have, uh, based off of one week, be this big of favorites in no. any of these? That I mean, that's the other part.
2: No, there's no way in the world. But, hey, you know, that's what we do here. We overreact to things. We're overreacting. We're out of football. That's all we can do is overreact to things. So, talk to Will Hill. See if he's got any overreactions when we come back.
3: The numbers told the story, they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on V Sin.
2: It is Matt Brown here for Gil Alexander. Day edition of a numbers game. Hour number two, Kelly Bidlin here on the desk as well news coming through from adam schefter that the commanders are hiring anthony lynn away from the 49ers he was serving as their assistant head coach he's going to be the run game coordinator over there for the commanders so some interesting nfl news coming through and guess what we're going to continue to talk nfl because we have a former first rounder in here with us right now and that is mike pritchard our very own mike pritchard thanks for joining us
3: bud. hey matt kelly great to be with you how you guys doing
2: Doing great. Doing great. Uh, looking here. You know, we're we're in news season now. So it's, you know, is this guy going to stay? Is this guy going to go? Is this extension going to get done? Is this guy going to get traded? Now all the stuff starting to come out about Brandon Ayuk, whether it's like, you know, if he doesn't want to extend with them, are they just going to try to flip him and get him out of there? Because they know he's not going to be around after that. So there's all kinds of stuff that's happening. But let's just head back to the Super Bowl and get your final thoughts here on everything were you chiefs heading in were you 49ers heading in and how do you think that
3: it that it all played out uh, you know what I was chiefs uh, going mm-hmm. in um, and you know there's all these narratives out there but uh, I just made it a simple cap for me and um, I, I thought the Chiefs uh, distinguished themselves in the playoffs throughout the playoffs into the Super Bowl whereas the 49ers had been struggling and certainly had some question marks going into the big game. Uh, as well. Um, I I just thought that the Chiefs were executing uh, at the level that they needed to execute. And they certainly had the confidence uh, that they needed to have to play in that big game and perhaps get that victory, get the championship. So uh, I went with the points too. I I thought um, I had a a better quarterback situation. One of the things I pointed out on the network uh, going into the playoffs is that the quarterback position will make a difference Uh, All season long, we had all these backup quarterbacks. The last two years, we've had backup quarterbacks, really. Uh, But I I thought it was going to boil down and and come come down to quarterbacks making a difference and being a difference, uh, winning a championship. And that's what played out with Patrick Mahomes.
2: So, Pritch, I you know I asked you about this. I was fortunate enough to talk to you a couple times leading into the Super Bowl and asked you about the wide receiver position and, and just exactly what the impact may or may not be in this game. And really, when we kind of look at it, it was almost non-existent. Yeah, there were a couple of touchdowns that were caught by it, but as far as guys that were making you know real impacts throughout the course of the game, it really wasn't that. It was McCaffrey, you know, out of the backfield for San Francisco. It was Kelsey on the on the Chief side of things. I know you weren't jumping up and down about a lot of the wide receiver prospects in this game, given how good the corners were for the Chiefs and what you know works out for the 49ers and stuff like that. But were you surprised at how little impact the receivers had in the game?
3: Uh, not really, uh, Matt, because I-, I thought that both teams understood. Uh, what each team was trying to do offensively, meaning they ran the same scheme. They highly familiar with what you want to do and certainly tendencies. So uh, it boils down to, it comes down to matchups, right? And uh, okay. Was the San Francisco 49ers going to try to take away Kelsey Uh, at what point would Andy Reid and and his think trust, uh, Matt Nagy and everybody kind of come up with some plays uh, to help Kelsey, right. Or, or, you know, exploit a matchup if they can, or do they go deeper on the lineup and and see if they can find some matchups uh, that were favorable that way. Uh, And there was some times uh, that we saw that kind of reveal itself, but uh, no, the steady players, they were going to be involved in the game plan. And, you know, I think from a prop standpoint, if you understand that these guys are, are involved in the game plan, they will, they have designed plays that go to them. And then uh, if, if the defense has answers or solutions for those, they will get to other stuff. Right. So uh, it, it's just a matter of time and waiting for that to happen and how effective uh, a team can be. So uh, I think when you have a Patrick Mahomes on your side, Kelsey was going to emerge on the other side. When you have a Brock Purdy, you know, Debo Samuel was wide open. He, he overthrew it. Uh, right. I mean, I think if, if, you know, Brock Purdy could be a different type of quarterback too, maybe he eludes a rush. Like we saw Patrick do and make it an unbelievable throw and he hits Jennings for the game winning touchdown or, or touchdown in overtime. So, you know, it's those kind of little things that kind of come back. And when you watch the game uh, you kind of understand why those things didn't happen or, or how they played out. In fact,
2: Perch, I know we talk a lot about
3: the, the actual players in the game and we talk, you
2: know, we're going to talk ad nauseum about what Kelsey was able to do in the second half and Patrick Mahomes and his heroics and all of that. But, you know, heading in, one of the things I was kind of really intrigued by was was Spaggs and how he was going to try to treat that offense from the 49ers. It is so incredibly multiple. And for a team that ran one of the very highest man rates in all of the NFL, fifth highest heading into that game, I noticed right off the bat, he's running more zone. He's doing whatever. It seems like he was bringing the house on different plays than he was throughout the course of the season and all the things like that. And, 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 I I, I can't say this for certain that Steve Spagnuolo was the reason the Chiefs won this game. That's not what I'm saying. But I think kind of underrated in all of this was – how he came in with this game plan where he got away from you know some coaches you've told me this some coaches are stubborn what got us here right. is exactly what we're gonna do and that's just that's come hell or high water we're gonna run that instead of saying like oh we run all this man all the time he came out ran a bunch more zone was blitzing at different times than he did throughout the course of the season like to me that is what really makes an a, an awesome coach where he's willing to say like you know what just because that's what worked now doesn't necessarily mean that's what's gonna work as we head into all this uh, from what you saw was was it almost a masterpiece from what you saw from spags
3: absolutely 1000% what you just said you're spot on with it Matt I mean uh if there was a a hall of fame for assistant coaches you know he'd be a first ballot hall of famer uh, in terms of spags and what uh, he means to a team defensively um and and that that was something like I think I talked to you about this and Gil and and others on network in terms of do you treat the regular season or the postseason like a regular season or do you understand it's a different season uh and spags and andy reid they understand that the postseason is different than a regular season like if you look at kyle the condensed formations the same kind of things the same kind of motion all that stuff uh you ran during a regular season and it worked for you but now all of a sudden you have a coordinator and a team that understands all those things and they want they want to disguise they want to take those things away from you um but if you if you go out there and you think that you can just do the same stuff uh, and just have to execute at a higher level, you're going to be okay. That's not the case, right? Uh, because Spags is going to take chances. He's going to exploit your tendencies. He's going to exploit everything and make it really, really difficult. In fact, Spags dictated uh, to San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan a lot of times, uh, whereas it was the other way around and deep in the, in the game in the fourth quarter and certainly uh, in overtime for Kansas City's offense. But, uh, no, I, I think you have to be different. I would have loved more creativity, more motions, more more formations, different personnel packages for Kyle just to give Kansas City's defense something to think about. Uh, but when you don't have to think out there and you can react as a defense and just attack it, uh, a lot of times you're going to win those games, and and that benefited Kansas City's defense all year.
2: Rich, let's head into to next season. Both of those teams are your favorites to, to take it all down. The 49ers plus 550 Chiefs are sitting there plus 650. We all make assumptions as we sit here because listen, we got nothing better to do, right? We got to talk about something as we go, so everyone's like, okay, the right, Chiefs, right. the Chiefs are going to address the wide receiver position. They have to, be, they have to get a true alpha number one in there for Patrick Mahomes. So everyone's just kind of assuming that that is going to happen. You start to look at a team like the Bills that obviously needs another playmaker as well. Gabe Davis on the way out in free agency like this. So when we look at this, like when you see the Niners, Chiefs, Ravens, Bills all up there, really short odds heading into next season. Do you think it's as simple as kind of focusing on those four teams, or do you have your eye on maybe somebody else as we had into next year?
3: Oh, well, no, I think it's that simple. Um, there's only a few outliers each and every year. We, we saw that a little bit um, this season with, with um, Houston. Uh, I thought they were a, a brilliant out, outlier. Uh, and then another one. Uh, you know, you can look at the Rams uh, and say that they were kind of an outlier because I, I thought they were going to tank, to be honest with you, fellas. Yeah, give uh, you know, me both. They probably pull
2: tape on me saying that like 10
3: times over the course of the deal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But no, they they put it together. Sean McVay, I mean, I don't know if he's reinvigorated or not, but I mean, he did a wonderful job, masterful job. And uh, there, there could be another outlier out there in and, and the Packers. And I mean, Jordan Love made some some huge strides this year. If we look and we see that it's 20 to one, e. Stroud, I mean, the guy took the NFL by storm,
2: if we take, I, here, need- oh, if, if we take a look here, excuse me, if we take a look here, we see that the Eagles are sitting at, at 20 to right. one. And, and listen, we understand the defensive struggles that they had over the course of the, se- of the season. Maybe they've addressed that, bringing in Vic Fangio to be defensive coordinator, Are we almost moving too far away here on this Eagles team? Because it was a team that if you were power rating teams all season long, they were probably in your top five for the vast majority of the season. And now we kind of find them in that 20 to one to win it all type range. Have we overreacted?
3: Well, well, no, because I think the Eagles told us that they are in disarray. I mean, the coordinator situation was not uh, stable. Uh, in terms of offensively and defensively, I, I think they lacked identity. Now, they were talented enough to win a lot of games. And uh, Sirianni was even on a hot seat a little bit. Uh, you know, I was talking about Green Bay and LeFleur is not on a hot seat. In fact, he might have another franchise quarterback. Who knows what what Jordan Love turns into. But as long as there's questions with the Eagles uh, and they're letting go some of their best players and, and they think that they can bring in other players and be okay, uh, I, I, I right now I'm taking the approach that they have to prove it to me. Uh, I give them benefit of the doubt, you know that got to a Super Bowl and they lost it. But now here you got, you got to repair everything as as you lost talented players and you've lost talented coordinators to head coaching jobs. So uh, I, I think they're under repair right now. To be honest with you, Matt.
2: Pritch, if you were if you were laying you know some money, I would never tell you to lock your money up for a year. But if you were and right. you were gonna lock your money up for a year, what team pre-draft, pre-free agency, all of that? Do you like heading into next year
3: well you've you got patrick mahomes at plus 650 i mean if you're going to lock up your money there are that, that's that's something you can do uh, uh and feel confident about because andy reed has a blueprint uh the chiefs they have a blueprint and all they have to do now uh is tinker a little bit because they've solved the problem with the quarterback issue uh, and there's teams. Yeah, Baltimore, they don't have a quarterback issue. We get that. But I think when you're supremely confident like the Chiefs, each and every year you believe that you're going to the Super Bowl, uh, that's where I would lock my money at if I had to. He is our first rounder here at the network, Mike
2: Pritchard. Thanks for the time today, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Take care. Thank you. Okay, let's swing back around to the stuff that we meant to get to at the top of the show. We just yeah. never got to any of the stuff. So, yeah, we're going to bring you back around to the first hour when we come back here on our numbers game. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
1: podcasts.